Welcome, everyone, and welcome to the Polygon Forest. I am Ubisoft Concept Artist Vin Hill, and I am joined as ever by the indie developer, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello. And today, we've got a few news articles to get through. Uh, as you can see by the thumbnail, I guess, um, we've got some stuff about PlayStation. Uh, rumors are flying around, as well as some uh, more bad news out of Activision, but in a different sort of shifting way. But yeah, yeah. We've, yeah we'll, we'll cover it at some point. Um, and we've also got a couple of other little things that we're going to get through as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think first thing that we should tackle What's your is some fun stuff. Some fun stuff. Fun stuff. I think we should, yeah, we'll talk about Game Pass because you finally like <coughs> discovered a feature, I guess. Or have you have you discovered a feature or have you just seen it? The game, uh, the game, cl- cloud gaming. Xcloud, yeah. Yeah, Xcloud. Yeah. So yes, I've been streaming uh, Lego Batman 2, hmm. which is a 360 game. And so I didn't have to download it. And that sounds like, okay, well, that doesn't mean anything. That's not interesting, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it really does change how you actually play games, like what you play yeah. and how you play and how often you play things. And like, oh, I'll just dip into this because, you know, the the investment is zero. Like you've right. got invested zero time. Um, Back in the old days, Again, you and yeah, I, I mean, plug this... in console, like plug in things into consoles put cds into consoles and they would work there was no day one patch yeah. there was no downloading there was no internet full stop mm. and, yeah there um, is that and you could play the game straight away and we're now getting back into that with this xcloud gaming where yeah. fun little cool games you can just start playing instantly sometimes there's a little bit of a a little bit of a lag and sometimes it says it's syncing data but it's literally seconds at times that are never um intrusive or like uh it's never during a cutscene and it's never right. during like a boss battle it's only ever during like regular playing levels and so it really doesn't make much difference at all yeah i mean the reason why i wanted to bring this up first like uh, it's to sort of blend into what we've been playing and stuff hmm. um is because like i was using this as well last week and, it, and it's such a weird feature because it's like you said it's we're sort of getting back to basics and we're sort of semi used to this from like playstation now and things like that but the the big sort of step about this is that uh, xbox are allowing now like they have been i think this feature was released like two or three <clears throat> weeks ago it might, it might have been about a month ago but a lot of people don't yeah it sort of flew under the radar and a lot of people don't know about it but xbox are basically allowing you if you've got a game pass subscription with only an Xbox One instead of an Xbox Series X, you can play next-gen games on your Xbox One, or you can play next-gen games on your phone, and you never have to buy a console. It sort of removes that wow. need to buy a Series X altogether, because I think we've spoken about this before. Yeah. Like they just want to like get to the point where you know they the console they, they just want they just the, want subscribers. They yeah. don't care about the console anymore. Like hardware yeah. is not an issue. This is why this whole debate between uh, PlayStation and Xbox over the past sort of year is sort of diminishing over time. Because like, well, yes, PlayStation are absolutely killing it right now in terms of hardware sales. Yeah. But then you look at Game Pass subscribers and they're just, they're flying up as well. So it's kind of like, it's this gray, muddy area now that we can't really, we can't use as a benchmark for who's winning the console wars and all that sort of stuff. Well, did you see the headlines about Black Friday sales? It was like Xbox Series S cleans up on Black Friday sales. Yep. And it was like, yeah, that's because it was the only console that you could Available. buy on <laughs> yeah. Black Friday. Uh, so you Sur- like, Survivability yeah. bias, you know, so, that whole, yeah. whole story. 
it, that was it. So it was what you could buy, and that's what people bought because that was what was available. I have got a friend at work that was like, I've just been looking and looking and looking, and I took the plunge and I just bought a Series S just because I just wanted to play some games. I wanted to get back into hmm. to console gaming because they're, they're fed up with PC, fed up with the, with the, the arms race. Right. And, um, you know, they liked the, the ability that what the Xbox was providing, they, that they could get Game Pass and just play on whatever. And they knew it was going to work and they knew it was going to run well. They'd heard reviews that the Series S ran fine. There was no problems on any of the releases so far, That um, which, which was a, a concern of mine as well. Like, um, how was the frame rate going to be? How was the graphics going to look when there's a big beast that you can buy that's meant to be like the creme de la creme? But from what I've heard and what I've seen, yeah, Xbox Series S is a pretty decent console. And so, yeah, that's why you could buy that. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, I, think, I think xCloud <laughs> is going to sort of tie into that even more, the fact that you can just buy this box for 200 and just basically play everything that you can on the Series X anyway. But what this does allow is this unique sort of thing, which you just mentioned a moment ago, but like, this, is, this is why I want to sort of mention it because... I was like browsing through a Game Pass the other day and I was like, all right, oh, there's, there's some new games that have been added. I went and looked at it and like one of the, f- I think the first game that was there was Lawnmower Simulator. <laughs> and I was like, this can't be a real game. Like, this has got to be a joke, right? Like, people like Untitled lawns, Goose Game. Like, must be something. Right. I, right I, I genuinely thought it must have been like, oh, you start up, you start like driving around, like doing the grass, and then suddenly like explosions start happening. You have to like shoot people in, in your yeah. lawnmower or whatever. Like, there's got to be something. It can't actually it be. It can't just be trying to keep nice straight lines. Right. And I was very, very wrong because <laughs> that is exactly what it was. But the, the beauty of this, and I'm going to sort of show some gameplay for this, like as I go, awesome. because it's just. It's absolutely ridiculous. Is there a point system on how like straight your lines are and like, Exa- the most yep. efficient path? Because there is right. there is a game that every guy plays. Women might not know about this. It's a very man thing. They play mm. a game with themselves. It's like how little, how, like how many goes do I have to do before I go back on myself? Like, <laughs> and so they've taken that concept and put it into a video game. Um, it's the only time I think that men try to be as efficient as possible is when they're mowing lawn. It's it's honestly, and the reason why I want to bring this up more than anything is like I, I'm clearly not interested in this game. Like I, I think it's kind of ludicrous. Like no offense to developers or anyone that does actually enjoy this, but it's actually it's kind of ridiculous. Like the whole thing, it's it, and it's amazing how ridiculous it is because like how seriously it takes itself, and it's all in on it. It's great. And you like you have to get the line straight and so I love how they're but, like really showing off the lawnmowers, like right. Like and and there's different game. models. It's like Forza Horizon, right? Wow. You can do like you can go into your garage and like spin it around and change the color and put your own logo on your like your lawnmower <laughs> company T-shirt and everything. It is impressively like authentic. Wow. But like the the reason why I wanted to bring it up more than anything was that because of like game cloud and stuff like that, like Game Pass or X Cloud, you or tried it. Want to talk about? Yeah, I was like what the hell and i saw the little cloud icon and i was like i've got it i've got i've got to play it now like if i had to download it i wouldn't download it i would have never done it would never want it to go on the system yeah you wouldn't i would have never bought it i would have never downloaded it i would have never like it doesn't matter how much this game was on sale i would have never played this thing but the beauty of it was like ah one button click curiosity 10 seconds was peaked yeah and you could try it out yeah with no with no consequences 
Like you don't have right. it, it. The disc Zero. isn't gathering dust. You didn't have to press a button to plug it in or put it out of a tray. You didn't have to download any yeah updates. So yeah, I get that. That's cool. And that is really. So we've just explained two reasons how like gaming is changing. Like yeah, this generation of console is a real diff. Is a real difference. It's a real change. The last couple it of generations, changed, it, you could argue that it wasn't like from when yeah. Xbox, uh, you know, when Xbox started having online multiplayer games to now, <clears throat> you could argue there hasn't been much difference in in the consoles. It's just been graphics and uh, you know upgrades. Right, but now uh, that's the that's the beauty of it. Though. Yeah, like the fact that you can just jump in and stuff. It's now great. you can jump in and play it via a server at really high quality. Mm. It's um. That's the game changer. So yeah, I think you're right when yep. you said that there won't be any consoles. It would just be, it would just be the internet would be so powerful that it would just be a, a platform. So you sign up to a platform and you just play whatever you want whenever you want. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't buy a Netflix machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we we don't buy a Disney Plus machine. Like we have a TV that plays it and stuff. And I think there'll always be a place for hardware. I'm not saying it'll ever like go away, but I think the bulk of people. Will probably switch to streaming at some point, or like it's because all it's going to do is just increase the numbers either way. And granted, like there's a lot of people probably listening to this, like shaking their heads, just like no, like the technology isn't there; it's still really laggy. The input lag is really bad. Like, yeah. It's really hard to play first-person shooters. All valid points. Yeah, yeah. If it's you're only going to get better. FPS player, yeah, you'll you'll still be, uh, you know, buying the console. And you know, there's always a place when it comes to technology. There's always people. There's always a core demographic that's willing to spend X amount of money. Mm-hmm. The difference is what what we're in now is when we were kids, gamers were a smaller proportion of of the population. Now it's a larger right. population. Now it's a larger percentage. There's there's still the the value in having the consoles, which do all the bells and whistles. But we've now got the, uh, the. Can you think of the amount of games past generations that you could play instantly now that open up to everyone that would have a hell of a lot of fun. <clears throat> And that's the difference, I think, that's what this what this is making. Yeah. It's an interesting because it sort of replaces the need for a demo as well. That's another thing. Yeah. Like the the whole idea that like I don't I like I want to play that game, like if it's a first person shooter or something, and you're just like, ah, but I don't really want to like wait for three quarters of an hour yeah. for this thing to download, so just try it out. Try it on XCloud, you get five minutes into it, like, oh yeah, this is right down my alley. And you can hit the download button while you're still streaming it. And it's just nuts. And then it finishes downloading and you close the cloud and then you go back into the main game and it's all, it's perfect. And just like having that interaction because the opposite happens all the time as well. Like I'll play something on the cloud and then I'll be like, yeah, this really isn't what I expected it to be. I'm not really into this. Mm. No time lost, no energy loss, no download, no bandwidth loss, like nothing. I'm just like it. And it's such a great sort of mechanic for that. And I think Mm. that's, the biggest change shift, like as you were mentioning before, like in our industry, is just like how much, like these sort of services are gonna change and twist everything. But you know, the it's, other, it's, um, it's exciting. So, so what, what was your verdict on this um, lawnmower simulator? Oh, awful! One out of ten. God, absolutely <laughs> awful. Like I did not enjoy it whatsoever. But it was like the it was just. <laughs> I had this like sort of moment of reflection where I realized like, you know, what? I would have never played this. I wouldn't have never tried it. Like I didn't enjoy it. Like it's just, this game is clearly not for me. Yeah. It's it's not a bad game, I guess. It's just like, I, I don't get excited by 
yeah. lawnmowers. You All have zero percent right, beyond the objective participation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't even and have a lawnmower. I, I just went like as soon as I saw it, I was like, I've got to try this game, and if it is serious, I'm just going to go in there and mess up some flower beds. And that's exactly what I did. That's what you did. I was just drawing like drawing massive penises all over the all over the yard, and then just like going over people's like. <laughs> flowers and they were like throwing it oh you're gonna get fined for that and i'm like you bring on the fines lady i'm, I'm having yeah, too much fun. i don't care <laughs> right <laughs> this isn't my job right i don't care like whatsoever and it was it was great it was fun to do that but like i wouldn't have spent more than 10 minutes in it obviously but wow yeah it's it, but that that was one of the games that i've been playing um i guess because of that that's why i sort of wanted to bring it up first yeah but uh i guess like that sort of brings on to what um what have you been playing on uh, so apart from Lego Batman 2, I've, I've just started to get into Gears 5 um, because oh, nice. that's on Game Pass. Uh, I, mm. I skipped Gears 4 and it really, right. I I don't know whether, I don't know if I'm going to jump ship and go back to 4 and play 4, but I already know what happened in 4 because it does a little recap before you start playing 5. Right. Um, And so I don't know. But I, I, everything I've heard is that 5 is a polished version of four like across the board like story weapons gameplay so i'm right. like now i'm used to this do i want to do i want to jump back into four or can i just have fun with five and go yeah i enjoy five and right. i think that's i don't know i'm in two minds but at the minute i'm just happy playing five and there's a game breaking bug that i found right at the beginning in the campaign like the first level the first thing you do i i, I don't know how they still got it it wasn't game breaking but i had to like reload the checkpoint and I had to do the whole level from the beginning. And I got, it was about 10, 15 minutes in. I got stuck behind this grate and the woman wouldn't move. And she was bent down trying to open the grate. And I was on the other side of her. And I tried exploding her. That didn't work. I tried killing myself. Right. That didn't work. Yeah. And uh, so I had to reload it. So that kind of really took me out. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this game. I was a big Gears fan, like 1, 2, 3, the trilogy. And I've heard that there's an awesome uh, like remaster of one on Game Pass as well. There is. I've, I've actually played that like not too long ago. I think I played it on PC actually, but yeah. it's same difference. But yeah, it's a really good remaster. Like yeah. it's, you kind of you kind of hit this moment where you're like, is this really a remaster or a remake? I don't think it is. And then you go and look at like the original game, like the footage, and it's like, oh Jesus, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you forget like how how much stuff has changed. But I think that's the sign of a great that, remaster. That, I, I, I was about to say that. I think that is a good time for a great remaster when you just don't even realize you just, yeah. it's, everything's modern, it looks great, and you're just having fun. Like, yeah. that's the only thing that matters, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I'd recommend it. If anyone wants, uh, you know, if anyone's going, oh, I haven't played anything on Game Pass, what recommendations can you say? I think that's a pretty decent one because it's not like a shoot, it's not as much, uh, it's not like a, f- a first person shooter. You know, it's the cover shooter. It's the, it's its own right. genre. Yeah, it's it's the OG sort of like yeah. gritty cover shooter, I guess. But yeah, I, I would I would recommend like if anyone's never played Gears, like go and play the uh, remaster of the the original. Yes, it's actually really decent. Like it's a good it's a good solid time. Yeah, and I remember playing it back on the 360, and and now that it's like brought to the modern era, it's 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 a great little game. I've I've heard that that might be my thing. I play next, and then speaking of old games that are great and have a remaster. I've heard that Mass Effect trilogy might be coming <laughs> to Game Pass. Yeah, I was. I thought you were going to make. Uh, fun I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring it up okay. then, because I know you're moving. Yeah. Everyone can see in the background that you're packing up stuff. I know you've yeah. not had time, and I know you've not played Mass Effect two because also in the pre-show you'd have been saying 
I finally played Mass Effect 2 and we'd have a conversation right. about it before we even did the that's podcast. Fun. I so, think that's going to yeah. be my Christmas game, I think. But. Oh, don't don't tempt me, Vin. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to Could me, be. please. Might be my Christmas game. But yeah, I, I, I did actually play something else, though. <laughs> what did you play? Um, uh, a game came out, um, which I've been really looking forward to, actually. Uh, one of my favorite indie games from last generation was a game called Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, made by Heart Machine. Reminded me of something. Remind me. Okay, carry on. You are you are henceforth reminded. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they they put out a new game called a uh, Solar Ash, and I've been playing through this. Um, I couldn't I could not like not buy this thing. Like it, it look, it's it's just very much up my alley. It's a very sort of uh, synth wave, like cyberpunk sort of like influences all over the place but yeah it's basically hyperlight drifter meets uh shadow of the colossus so oh, if you like those two games yeah. then you'll have a great time with this i mean i'm i think i'm about two-thirds way through this game at the moment uh having an absolute blast with it like i really really enjoy this game is that why you because th- this is okay just a little backstory when i read your tweet about this you tweeted your old podcast friend evan yeah. and while i was watching that tweet and i was reading it reading the tweet but i was watching the the gif or whatever you put on there i was yeah. actually playing this other game that i wanted to talk about and i forgot about okay cool. but yes so that's why you put in evan is because he really likes shadow of the colossus and that's why you recommended him play it yeah yeah he's right. i mean <clears throat> like whenever me and evan used to have conversations about either hyperlight drifter or shadow of the colossus it just turned into like an hour conversation about them so <laughs> Like when when I started playing this game, I was like, "Yeah, this is probably going to be Evan's game of the year." Yeah, because it's 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 very much that sort of it's it's in line with that. But it's <coughs> it's got a lot of style. It's got it, it's open world. Like the buses are great. Like it, it feels good when you're traversing around the traversal uh, the looks, landscape. Yeah, it looks awesome. It kind of it, that's kind of given me. Um, oh, what's that game with the hunter that Austin Wintry did the music for that I can't remember oh, the like, name of? It kind of reminds me of Journey a little bit. Well. Kind of like Journey, yeah. But then they did... Um... Oh. Yeah, look it up. But yeah, the, basically the traversal, how you actually get around, is sort of like you're almost skating around and you've got to... You have a lot of momentum and stuff and you've got to double jump. But the way the way that it just feels like getting around, it, it, it feels great. Like the worlds are absolutely massive. Like each level or biome, is, I think there's like nine of them all together or something yeah. in the game. And I'm only through like six of them at the moment. But just getting around is it's super fast, it's really fluid, feels great. The pathless um, is the game with pathless, the, with the locomotion. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of like that. And the grinding, um, grinding is such a, a I don't know why, but it feels so satisfying when you're grinding on something. Oh, like on a rail, you on mean, a rail sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it's great. It, but it, it introduces like a lot of decent mechanics, like the the combat. I wish there's a bit more combat in the game, almost like because the only things that you really have to fight are the bosses. Mm. Um, there are like normal mobs around the around the map and stuff, but you don't really interact with them in the same way as you do in something like Hyperlight Drifter, where there's enemies absolutely everywhere and you have to clear them to get past an area. Um, in in Solar Ash, it's really not the case. You can just like skip by them, and yeah. But and the, is there like bosses in each biome? Yeah, and you can't miss them. Basically, they're basically right. like colossi. Like you can't. That they're sounds very much like the Pathless like, as well. Okay. That's very similar. Right. Yeah. I think you should, re- yeah, but, you should play that game. I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've heard good things about Pathless as well. I do want to check it out. But yeah, having a blast with Solar Ash. I'm probably going to finish it um, before I move uh, next week. So mm. 
watch this space. We're probably gonna I'll probably mention it again next week. But Perfect. yeah, having a blast with it. I, I I really I'm really, really enjoying the game. So what was this game that you remembered? <laughs> like I, I know you're itching, like look at it, you're like, oh, I'm gonna talk about it before I forget. So like I know. what was it? It what was it? It it, it, it was very um I'll give you some backstory. So <clears throat> I'm a, uh -oh. I'm an indie dev and I'm making an indie game. Oh yeah. And you know, I didn't know this. like like most good designers, they're already most of their time that they're not making the thing that they're making, they're thinking about the next thing they're going to make. <laughs> right. And so this is the second my second game. So my second game is being designed in my head at the moment. Mm. And that game is very much like uh Mario uh What's the Mario where the worlds are? Is it the Mario Galaxy? Galaxy, that's it. Mario Galaxy meets Tiny Wings, which was okay. like an iOS game. And um, right. <clears throat> I was playing XO1. And XO1 is um, e Project Eve, which I think is like an FPS game. It's like a, a sci-fi spaceshipy planets game. Okay. Meets Tiny Wings. So you play as an orb and you can go up and down valleys and the locomotion okay. is very much like tiny wings. So you have to press down, well, you have to go down quickly and build up you speed. You have to push for momentum. To momentum to go up and then you've like, right. so you're going up and down like this along like valleys and troughs and peaks and mountains and stuff. So this isn't a game you played, this is a game that you've got designing in your head. Well, is that what you're saying? So or? XO1 came along and I've had a couple of articles in Kotaku and I was like, oh damn, they've made the game I was making. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's yeah. got some buzz behind it and it looked it was done by like one person that was the main indie dev and had a few people helping here and there by the looks of it, by the looks of the yeah. um, credits and the locomotion was very very similar to what i had in mind but so i was playing it and i was like okay this is interesting this is what i was thinking of but then there was the, the mechanics they had were different to what i had and the, the visual look was kind of different so i was like okay so at least like my absolute end result my absolute aim is like have a couple articles in kotaku and be on game pass like those are my two major milestones and this game you know, tick those stole boxes. your glory. <laughs> they stole my glory. But what it shows is that there's a market for this kind of game. It's like a nice indie little experience. It was like a two hour game, basically. It's like 180 minutes. Um, and, you know, as an experience and um, people go mad for it. Like the fact that it's been, you know, highly, highly recommended, yeah. highly praised that, you know, the, the story to me is, uh, I don't want to say anything. How do I say anything bad that sounds good? Unpolished. Um, okay. The, the, it, you've got backwards voices explaining things before you can even play a game. So it's a cutscene where you've got a voice over an image of like a planet that's all backwards and mixed up. And then you just have to read the, the text. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. Absolutely bizarre. Obviously it was because of the constraints of one, one man dev team. And yeah, I think this is, like to sort of touch upon that though, like you're, you're talking about, like oh, I just want to be on Game Pass and have a couple of articles written, and then like that that that'll do me sort of thing. Yeah. And like this this is the benefit of ever being like if you are successful as a solo dev, like you get all the money 
So like, even if the game only sells like 10,000 units, like you think, okay, 10,000 isn't that much. But if you're selling the game for $10 or something, like we're talking six figures. Yeah. Just for 10,000. So if you get to 20 or 50, like it's, it just goes you're up. you're laughing. Up. 100%. So but a single dev, like it's it's a lot of money you're talking about. So even like smaller numbers is not necessarily a bad thing or like yeah. just not having as big as an impact. So um, possibly Game Pass is showing more. that Maybe the Game Pass is the solution to like the the indie apocalypse. Um, yeah, this is this is the interesting thing about that. It's like I'm not too sure like how the income side of Game Pass yeah. really works it's yet. A bit of like a mystery. It's, yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> obviously there's a lot of tied NDAs to that and the change and stuff. And there's a reason why they're being sheltered about that, and it's because like there's going to be competition in that space, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm. Um, so they need to be cagey about that, otherwise, you know, like if if there's news articles every five seconds about like, oh, Microsoft take 95%. I don't think they take 95%. Yeah. But I don't know how it's all But we know around 30, is not going to be unheard of. But yeah. when you say take a percent. Percentage of what? Percentage like, of what? They, yeah. Is it how does per it work like download? Pass? Is it per, is it like. Do, do they Game Pass give a lump sum and go, we're going to give you this lump sum. The game will be on yeah. Game Pass for a year. And then. Uh, you know, however many downloads you get, doesn't matter. We've paid you your money. I don't know. Right. How does that work? It'd be interesting. Uh, I'd be <clears> really, <throat> really interested to see like how that sort of plans out, especially because like as developers ourselves, like indie devs anyway, yeah. like, we're, we're constantly thinking about that sort of stuff in the back of our head is yeah. just, you know, like where where is this thing going to live one day? So it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to look into that. Yeah, we need to contact Xbox and go, hey, Xbox, uh, hey, uh, how's yeah. the Game Pass thing going? Uh, this game, <laughs> I don't know if you want to put it on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to. It's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll sign an NDA. I won't talk about it on my podcast, I swear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. We might but yeah, speaking of, yeah, speaking of the competition to this, I guess, like we should, uh, we should yes. shift off. This is a juicy um, one. Tell me yeah, about it. it I don't know about one. this. I've not heard about this. This is news to me. So hopefully it'll be news to you that's listening or watching. What is the hoo-ha with the PlayStation Game Pass? Like, yeah, so about? there's reports are finally dripping out that because we've heard about this for a while, but um, back about a year ago, like when Xbox were doing like flying on top of the world and they're doing twice as well as they were then, uh, are now they're doing twice as well now as they were then anyway. But there was a lot of talk around how are PlayStation going to answer the call of Game Pass? Like, are they going to join in on this? Are they going to have their own Game Pass service? And if they did, what would it look like? And and all these sort of questions. Hmm. And then we started hearing drips about like, yeah, there is something coming and it's going to be a beast and it's going to be big. Um, and then it just, there was no news whatsoever. It's gone. Yeah. Now we're starting to see, or we're starting to hear about the, the rumors and, and the, the leaks coming through um, about what is potentially going to be Sony's um, answer to Xbox Game Pass, which is... Um, at the moment, it's titled something called Spartacus. I think it's just a code name. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an interesting one because it's not it's not as straight as it's not as straightforward as Game Pass. Like it's sort of split into tiers. So there's three tiers that they sort of what's been reported out um, around this thing. And the first tier is very much like what we get now with um, with sort of Xbox uh, with um, PlayStation Plus. So you get your free games every month things like that yeah uh, i need to find out exactly what was in the second tier because i got really excited about the the top tier thing um which 
I'll, I'll jump straight to the juicy stuff. Okay. This is the part that like really excites me. But in uh, the third tier, anyway, there is something surrounding um, older PlayStation games. So PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, as well as PlayStation Portable games. And they're sort of talking about putting that into an ecosystem where people can can play them. And it's very much like what Xbox are doing right now with Xbox 360 yeah. and their original Xbox games. The fact that you can just download those onto Series X. Mm. Obviously, they've been Xbox have been building this infrastructure since the first year of Xbox One. They when they announced backwards compatibility, so they've been doing this stuff for a while. Yeah. So PlayStation have a lot of catching up to do, but this is really, really <clears throat> interesting considering the conversation around PlayStation and how sort of anti um, like retro gaming they are and and how they they just want to leave the past in the past and they want to move forward. Yeah. But they're sort of like they might be reviving it a little bit in this in this tier of this system. That's interesting. I, so that's, I, I guess it depends on like. <clears throat> so why is that the third tier? Like, what do you do? You also get like new release AAA games in in the third tier, or or is that yeah in the second so in, tier? Or where's in this, the, in the this stuff? in this article from um from the Verge, uh, the service would, uh, which is codenamed Spartacus, would have three tiers. Uh, one would offer current PlayStation Plus perks, which is the first tier, which I mentioned. Another would include a catalog of PlayStation Four and eventually PlayStation Five games quoted. Not mm. too sure what that means. Mm. And a third would have extended demos, game streaming, and a library of classic PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Portable games. So I think the, the middle tier is the thing that you're sort of talking about, which yeah. is the the sort of like adding new games day one sort of... Because I think that's the big punch that Xbox have had over PlayStation more than anything. That's is that the big ticket item. You can play yeah. Forza Horizon Five the day it comes out if yeah. you if you subscribe for like ten dollars a month. Halo, Halo, huge game, huge, and people are just like crawling over each other. Especially people that don't own Xboxes, like we were just talking about a minute ago. Um, if you don't own an Xbox and you just sign up to Game Pass as a PlayStation owner, you're like, oh, I can just play Halo for ten dollars. That's like it's it's insane if you think about it. Yeah, right. That's never happened ever. Considering that every console generation that's come before this one, the game price increases, and you pay the increased price for the new AAA highly anticipated right. game. And this is the first time ever where the new highly anticipated AAA game you were able to play for like a quarter of the price, less than a quarter of the price of of a, a regular triple a game that you buy a, a you know a, a cd copy of which is just bonkers um that, yeah. th- those tiers intrigue me I- i'm guessing there's a paywall behind each tier it's not uh, like so. uh, yep. you know so the third tier means that you get like extra demos and extra stuff i guess what my automatic reservation is that i think there's going to be a big difference between tier three and tier one Tier one, if it's the same as PlayStation now, I could, in my opinion, there's, is there's no difference. rubbish. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be no difference what we got right now. PS now is kind of rubbish. It's not great. Like I wouldn't recommend. I can't think of a demographic where I'd recommend that to, because they're yeah. not great games on there. It's the games that are least popular, for a reason, that are on that, and then maybe a couple of like classics. <sighs> I don't know. It's really yeah, it's tricky. tough. I mean, because like the first thing that they need. Um, 
I say need, like obviously we're talking about like friendly competition here and, and it's good that PlayStation <laughs> yeah. coming out the gate, especially for Xbox owners yeah. because it means that they're like, it's about to get a lot, it's it's about to get hairy yeah, because yeah, at yeah. the moment, like Xbox have just been running by themselves with the ball and they're just like, they're hauling ass and, mm. it's, and they're doing great and we've got a lot from them for it. Like yeah. considering there's been no competition, like Game Pass is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's about to get a lot better basically because like they have to they have to compete now which is great yeah um, so that means hopefully but, that that's different now yeah now that playstation are coming out with this hopefully that might be cheaper than what they had originally thought hopefully it won't break the bank too much considering that game pass is so cheap and you get all that good stuff so interesting that they're I mean, still sticking with the three tiers though yeah, the, the thing with PlayStation is that they, they like their current model. And I think a lot of this is just to test stuff out as well. Um, if it if it is this three-tier system, if actually just this does bear fruit, um, mm. they're just trying stuff out. And if everything else fails, then they can just fall back onto their, like their tier one um, like PlayStation Plus thing, mm. uh, which is like pretty much what they've got already right now. Because they can it's, add a, one of the tiers and exactly. it's notice rather than... Or they can merge the them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think like that because there's there's a few there's a few like points which PlayStation really have to hit for this thing to sort of take off and be successful. And it's basically what Xbox has already done. They need to offer games day one, like that their sixty dollar, like or their seventy dollar, I guess, on PlayStation. Mm. Um, they're big AAA games that are first party only. Like you need to coax people into this thing. We're talking about Horizon. We're talking about the next God of War. We're talking about these games are huge and they yeah. need to be on Game Pass day one sort of thing. Oh, yeah. The PlayStation Pass. PlayStation whatever Pass, whatever it. they're going to call it. Spark we'll Pass. call it PlayStation Pass just for the sake of like conversation. But yeah, they they need that. And they also, like if they are going to do the backwards compatibility stuff, it has to be a good library. Like yeah. you were just talking about PlayStation Now. It's just PlayStation Now as a service is not a bad service. Like what it actually does fundamentally is not a bad service whatsoever. Like mm. you, you get to log in, you play any game that you want. It's great. It's just the libraries are lacking. Yeah. Like there's no no PlayStation One games. There's a, there's a laughable amount of PlayStation Two games, mm. um, and the PlayStation Three games are all streaming only. Like there's no download for those either. Yeah. And so this they're sitting on a back catalog weird you know, of absolute gems, absolute classics, goldmine. Like free money, they are sat there. It's just like there's so many people out there that just enjoy booting up a PlayStation One game, but don't want to like invest in one. Like they don't want to try and find a PlayStation One, Two, or Three to be able to put in a disc, and then you have to find the PlayStation disc, or you have to hope that the PlayStation Store is still alive, like to download PlayStation One. All of that out. Like if they have a system, much like what Nintendo are doing with their old back catalog, if PlayStation have something like that, like okay, here's 200 PlayStation 1 games mm. on our cloud service sort of thing. Yeah. How about it sort of thing? Like, I would pay $5 a month for that. Yeah. No problem. I would. Yeah. You know? 100%. Like, and it was like, okay, and we're going to throw in um, our PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 games as well as all this. Like, okay, here's another 20. Like, I will be happy to pay $30 for this tier three. No problem whatsoever because I would get my money's worth out of it. Yeah. Like, Xbox right now are like charging. I think it's $15 a month for mm. the ultimate pass, which has got like xCloud built into it. Like a PlayStation can get around that. We're talking $30 a month for both of them. I'll never buy another game again, you know? And yeah. that's, that's, that's that where I want to get to keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's interesting, definitely. And the other thing that's that's really interesting that kind of actually ties into our our next our well, it doesn't actually tie into that, but um, like these services are changing not only what we play but also what we don't buy. Mm. Yeah, because there's many games out there that I will not buy, but if they're on a service, I will absolutely try them out. Yeah, and I'll play them. Like Forza Horizon is a great example. Like when I played Forza Horizon Four, um, when I first got my Xbox, yeah, it just—I I, would have never bought that game. Like I'm not into racing games. Like it's not really a thing. But I was like, oh, this one's set in England. This is cool. Yeah, and then like you play it, and it's just like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah, like I would have never bought this. Like because it it just allows this weird like it removes that barrier of being able to just try whatever you want. Yeah. And there's going to be so, and there's so much stuff in the back catalog as well, like on PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, which I just never tried because I was never like confident enough to put money down on the table for them. But if they come onto a service like this, there's just going to be a mass. There's going to be masses amount of games which people are going to be discovering because they never like really had the confidence to buy, but now they can try. So yeah, I'm, uh, this this is great news in my opinion. I think this is one of the best pieces of news to come out for this year. The fact that PlayStation are jumping into this arms race, yeah, is only good for gamers. Like this is great. But like the opposite is also true in that, um, say for example, I've not bought Warzone uh, Vanguard mm. yet. I've not bought Vanguard, right? But I would have done if Game Pass didn't exist, because it's the new, you know, it's the new AAA FBA, you know first-person shooter the same is true for um uh uh, Deathloop like I loved Dishonored 2 I bought Dishonored 2 because I was going through a lull with games I hadn't I I wasn't playing anything and nothing was coming out that I wanted to play and it was recommended to me so I just bought it on a whim I'm not going to spend that sort of cash on um Deathloop now because I've got a back catalogue of stuff that I could try and find out and and figure out whether or not I love these other games. And that that's there's no paywall for that other than the the Game Pass. Yeah. So it if you're not in Game Pass, I think that there's a chance that you're missing out on potential sales. And that could be why the new um Vanguard might there's been like, you know, articles and press releases and stuff to say like there's less less sales than the, the previous game yeah <clears throat> so that's an interesting take um it's something i've not really thought about but yeah i mean i guess i fall into that category as well because i don't really buy that many games anymore mm. and i i'm sort of like i'm trying to be as tactical as possible as well when it comes to certain purchases like Deathloop. Deathloop is a game that is made by bethesda studios which is a playstation timed exclusive which means in about 10 months time um, that game will be on Game Pass. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like the, the day that that comes out on Xbox, it will be on Game Pass. Like I'll because it's, be a, it's an Xbox then, then, play it then, 100%, in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. So why why would I drop $60, $70 on that game right now when I can just be a bit Wait patient about it? And, and it's not... free. Yeah. Right. It's not the difference between like, oh, I'll get it secondhand down the, down the shop, a secondhand copy, but it's like got like a tenner off when, when a new mm. release comes out. It's like the difference between $60, $70 or free <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a huge yeah difference. It's, it and it's them sort of things which uh, is the reason why i don't really buy that many games especially like big triple a games that'll probably change uh, especially in the new year with like there's a lot oh, of good stuff well, coming the, out the new good stuff coming out yeah like starfield yeah. god of war yeah horizon yeah 
Yeah. But even Starfield will be on Game Pass. Okay. Day one, yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing it will be. Yeah. Halo, Game Pass Halo. Day One. But like, there's things on the PlayStation market which, I get, this is why it's so exciting. It's because like a lot of the games which I'm excited for next year are PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if PlayStation do bring in this tier two thing where they're adding all these new games to the service day one, and it's just Xbox and PlayStation hashing it out for the services wars now, and not the console wars anymore. Mm. Um, I, I think that's only good for us because like we get to just sign up to these things and drop in and out whenever we want and, and just enjoy it. Yeah. So it's 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 only healthy. Like the only reservation which I've got about this whole situation is that the the tier three stuff is very, very ambiguous from it doesn't this sort of standpoint. <clears throat> Makes much much it's, sense. We don't really know what the difference is. I I, I, I yeah. suspect they don't know and they're still drawing up what the differences are. Is going to be, and they're just. Sure. I think they're. I think it's vague on purpose. Like it's because they're vague at the minute. They don't. They're not sure. And I think they'll yeah, be yeah. up until the wire, seeing what Xbox do right up until the last minute before they need to, um, like launch the thing. Right. That's what I would do. Anyway. I think. Yeah, I mean the 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 main questions which I have about it is the, like sorry to harken back on like the old stuff again, but the like the PlayStation <coughs> One, Two, and Three stuff like the. No, it's it's not so difficult to actually put those games onto the systems. Like PlayStation 3 is like a really hard sort of system to emulate, especially on a different console. It's not undoable. It's not completely like impossible though. They could do it. Uh, but the the problem with PlayStation, what they've always had is the, the issues around this infrastructure, which Xbox have already sort of set up because they've always had sort of um, what you call like trophy support or the achievement support basically built into all of the Xbox games, which have always been there apart from on the original Xbox. Mm. There's really not many original Xbox games to really sort out. So everything is for 360 onwards. So they've already got the, the sort of achievement set up, but on PlayStation side, that's not really the case. So having trophy support included into PlayStation 1, 2 games is that's a huge undertaking. Like it's actually really, it's a, mm. it's a large amount of work for them to do. So I, the thing that I worry about is that they focus too much on the trophy support stuff and or and like that, and they don't just have like a, a place where you can just go and play it, PlayStation One games without any trophies whatsoever, and just be able to play them and enjoy them for what they were and uh, without any of that stuff. Because if they do that, it, we're talking the difference between okay, here's twenty PlayStation games versus two hundred. This that's the differentiation like that's that's how big of a gap it's going to be yeah if you gave people so, that choice i think that'd be pretty unanimous what they'd prefer like yeah you can have 10 right. games that got trophies or you can have 200 games and don't worry about trophies yeah 200 please yeah yeah i personally would prefer 200 because i don't really care about trophies i don't really care about achievements so i sort of let that go <laughs> like after after the 360 era because it was like wow what am i actually trying to win here nothing yeah there's like, no just, there's no end game it's just yeah 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 I, mean, I understand, like yeah. getting the platinum or something like that, or getting a thousand out of a thousand achievement points on certain games that you really, really loved. And it's debunked um, as well. You just all you need to do to win that, or like be the uh, higher than all your friends, is just raid the basement bargain bins and play the cheap crap yeah. games all the way through. And they've got like twenty achievements, and you don't need yeah. to worry about I'll just your buy favorite. the same game in twenty different languages because that's that's basically what the big achievement hunters do. Ah. Like they'll just they'll find the easiest games and then they'll just. Yeah, replay them over and over again which yeah. you know it sort of defeats the purpose at that point you know like 
it's supposed to be an achievement, not a, not a game in and of itself, like this weird meta game. Genius upon like Xbox's behalf, Very like for inventing this thing. Yeah. Um, because it drags people in and keeps them in the ecosystem. <clears throat> but, yeah, like to the average gamer though, it's not it's not really that important. But yeah, yeah. I, I do I do worry about that on the PlayStation side. I worry that all of their um, old stuff is going to be emulated on PCs and streamed only. Like there's going to be no native games and stuff like that. Mm. I worry that they're going to do a half-assed job, like basically what Nintendo have done with the Nintendo 64 stuff and how people are sort of trashing that. So there's a lot of concerns around like how they're going to handle the older stuff. Mm. But the news that they're jumping into a Game Pass subscription service to actually allow people to download PS4 and PS5 games into the service like on a much larger scale um, to sort of compete with Game Pass, I, I think it's great. Mm. It's only it's only going to be great for us. It's going to be yeah, gamers are going to be very happy over the next generation if this is if this is the way forward. Yeah, the future is bright for sure. Just watch this space and see what happens. And yeah, it's exciting times. Um, what do you want to talk about now? Do you want to do my Instagram kerfuffle or <laughs> or the Call of Duty um, testers article? Uh, let's talk about Call of Duty, I guess. Okay, so uh, there was this article in, in Kotaku uh, where the headline was, Call of Duty QA testers face layoffs after reportedly being promised raises by Activision. Mm. Uh, so the major headline from that is, well, the main, not that, I've just read the headline. But what that means is uh, con- contract testers uh, for Call of Duty studio Raven Software were told that the studio would face layoffs on January 28th of next year. Call of Duty community manager uh, said on Twitter, um, uh, the quality assurance team would be meeting on one-on-one with management individually to learn if they were out of a job. So it's Austin O'Brien. So he's the community manager and he's been tweeting. I've got it right now. My friends in QA at Raven were promised for months that Activision was working towards pay restructure to increase their wages. Today, one by one, valued members of the team were called into meetings and told they were being let go. So that is kind of uh, really interesting because you've got an actual person who's named actually tweeting about the situation of of what's happening over there at Activision Blizzard. So that is very different to what we've had previously with Activision Blizzard uh, media cycles, you could say. So here we've got something that's actually concrete that someone said, someone that's inside the company and is saying about these things, uh, about these QA, QA testers. Um, that is, if it's true and if it's to be believed and I've got nothing to say that it, it shouldn't be, mm. that's kind of shocking and upsetting and disappointing. I don't know too much about the large, uh, you you probably got more insider knowledge uh, about how large games companies work i think obviously not speaking specifically about any one company is this a usual practice would you say that qa testers are being let go or being promised raises and then being let go because that sounds kind of that sounds kind of crappy i mean it's not there's nothing illegal about it it's not malpractice you can promise mm. raises until you actually give a written bonus to someone and then if they're not a contracted employee you can lay them off yeah, whenever ver- you want. verbal yeah, verbal versus written, I yeah, guess. Yeah, verbal um, versus written. And then they, these aren't employees. These are contract workers that want to get on uh, to be a contract, to have a contract. And I understand that it's a big practice that um, 
uh, big companies that want to keep people that are on contracts offer, you know, like a nice golden handshake or offer, you know, benefits and wages over than what is on their, their contract. So we know that that's uncommon. But what about suddenly laying people off? Is that common practice? Is, it, is this um, just because it's Activision Blizzard and their media cycle that this is being, you know, on Kotaku and being talked about on podcasts across the world? What do you think? I think I think it's a, a combination of all of those things. But I think the main reason why we're hearing about this and like directly from a source that's on Twitter, someone that works at Raven Software has said, yo, this is happening. Mm. This is BS. Um, this guy is safe. He's fine. Like nobody's going to fire him for one very good reason. And that is what you've just mentioned. Um, Activision are being pulled through the ringer right now. So what this has, the sort of repercussion of that is that the uh, developers themselves are now emboldened to be able to say whatever they want about anything that they want. And I've, seen this. I've seen some very bold claims from yep. I say bold claims that's maybe the wrong I don't want to get the wrong impression I've seen some shocking I've read some shocking things on Twitter from people that work at Activision Blizzard and like sure. wow that's pretty shocking and and really brave um, brave things to right. say for lots of reasons repercussions and I mean bravery <clears throat> aside, I mean it's it could be debated that like the, the only reason why they're saying this now is because they are safe and they know that they're safe because Activision don't want any more bad press sort mm. of thing so like they're not going to fire someone over like a sort of PR thing like this mm. but uh, so to I, I don't know like it like to be brave would have done it like before all of the like all of the things okay yeah but, it's so, not so, as brave because they're safe yeah okay Right, and, and not nothing against uh, Austin O'Brien. Like, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Like, I'm sure he means well, and I'm sure, like, he absolutely is devastated by this. Like, I think he is yeah. a senior um, QA tester as well, so he probably, like, directly worked with these people or managed them to yeah. some extent, I'm it guessing. Sa- sounds like information that that should be talked about and in the news. It absolutely. sounds like it should be. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that goes without saying, but um, this is, for contractors like this, like, this isn't too uncommon sort of thing like it, mm. it happens like they're contractors and what that basically means is that a game doesn't need qa people 24 7 all the time yeah. throughout development there are Obviously, cycles. Like, while you're making yeah. the game they're very important just after the games come out very important but then like for the first sort of few years of sort of pre like when you're in pre-production or you're in early development you've got like this weird window where you just don't need them like that's just the blunt end of it like to be to be honest about it. Because the devs are doing um, their own testing for features that they're making. It, Yeah. Sure. So it's once the things are made, then they need testers to test things that the devs have missed. Yeah. And there's a multitude of reasons why you might you might not need contractors anymore because they basically hire external people working on contract. They get hired by a different company. Say, so, okay, we need them for six months or we need them for a year or we need them for whatever. Like mm. you sort of negotiate contract. Um, and then they like they're sort of let go or they're, they're promised like what normally happens as well is that you sort of get the the impression that like yeah this game is going to be doing pretty well and i think the people working at raven are probably on warzone i'm guessing they um, were i think yeah 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 so there's probably like this sort of agreement between them like oh if warzone keeps doing well then we're gonna we're probably gonna hire you full-time and stuff like that and you'll hear about these things because when it comes to contract work like there's there's constant questions and, and there's constant worry about like, okay, what's going to happen after my contract finishes? Am I done? Like, is this, am I going to leave this company? Like, I, I really enjoyed working here. Like what, what's going to be after? And then the reply to that, like we, 
ultimately we do want to hire you sort mm. of thing. So we'll, we're going to keep pushing for that. Yeah. But it just, it apparently just didn't work out for whatever reason. But I think in the current media cycle of Activision and everything that's happening around them, mm. um, this is just like more bad news and, and emboldened uh, developers to sort of, you know, like be able to speak out, which is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's, they absolutely should. But this is this isn't too uncommon, unfortunately. It's just the the way that sort of contractors are sort of handled and dealt with. Um, some publishers get rid of them a lot quicker. Some of them keep them for longer. Like I, I've known contractors in the past that have been hired on full time. Like so, I, it's nothing nothing too wild and, and and out of the ordinary. But like just the whole the outspokenness of it is is very new though. Like how people are mm. starting. To, to call this out because at the end of the day it's like time is money and and these are companies that are trying to make money and and keep people active and if they like yeah it sucks that these people were offered full-time positions and then they didn't get them because it was only done verbally or whatever that yeah yeah that that's brutal but at the end of the day like maybe the like after all this news came out about activision and all their stocks going down like you know what we need to recuperate some money here Let's just let our contractors go and yeah. let's solidify and, and restructure and stuff. So it might actually be a consequence of what's happened. And this is the reason. And it's sort of like a weird result of all the bad news, if yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. it, it could just be that for all we know. And it might be like, yeah, this is sort of what happens when you know a company starts doing bad or like their stocks dip. They need to cut edges and they need to cut corners to really, you know, like keep their company surviving and, and, and thriving yeah. sort of thing. Or it also could be that because uh, we know that um, Vanguard is, is is performed less good than mm. previous iterations, it could be that, yeah, they thought that this one was going to be bigger and better because that's what the trajectory was showing. Um, and, yeah, now they think, okay, we don't need as many testers because we don't think that people might be playing this game for as long. Sure. Um so to keeping people on for that long won't, won't wouldn't be worth it, or they need less people because there's less bugs. Yeah, all all just something a lot more simple than that. Like the Vanguard came out and the numbers are down, and they had this whole lineup of DLC planned, which you need QA testers for. You're like, yeah, we're probably going to hire you full time because we need to get through all this DLC stuff. Mm. Um, sales start hitting, and it's like, okay, we're going to cut half of the DLC, so it's never going to see light of day. Like the new map packs or like new skins or whatever, like whatever they had planned for it, uh, it's gone. It's cancelled, whatever. But they'll still like finish off the last two. So what that means is they don't need contractors for half of that cycle anymore. So that's it, it could just be that simple. Mm. Like, and the reason is, is because Vanguard's doing so poorly right now. Well, not poorly. It's just doing less... Less good than the last well, one. Then yeah. It's, people would still crawl over dead bodies for these numbers. It, it's you know still I mean? the second... Yeah, it's still the second most successful video game of the year, I think. Right. So <clears> like it's, it's all very subjective yeah and, you know it's yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't look too deeply into the uh, sales numbers of vanguard either way because there's a multitude of reasons why people are playing that game there's a multitude of reasons why people are playing the game um it could be it could be the the sort of social movement that's happening around activision right now it could just be that people are sick of world war ii games it could be that why would i buy a call of duty game when i can just play warzone you know like it's, why why would i put like why would i drop like 70 80 dollars on this thing when yeah. warzone is free I'll just keep playing that with my friends instead. You know, yeah. and this these are these are the answers. Like they, they might have actually just shot themselves in the foot because it was up. That's yeah. it. It could all be this simple, but they're still making money somewhere. Like we don't know like how 
well Activision is doing as a whole, and we probably won't know until um, the quarterly earnings or the sort of uh, end of year earnings in April. So mm. like when that comes around, then a lot more light will be shed on this. But I can imagine that Activision are going to be fine, like financially anyway. So it's yeah. this the the QA layoffs are they're bad. Like they're not they're not. It's never good when people get laid off in the industry. Yeah, I hope they find uh, new jobs quickly. But it's not it's not so uncommon. It's it, this they're not just doing this because Activision's evil. Like I know that's sort of how it's being framed right now. That's how the article. Not, yeah, that's what the article would lead you to 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 think. Like oh, it's it's any massive big evil corporation and yeah yeah and they're all they're all behind their desk going wah ha 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 they've all got like cats on their laps and smoking cigars like we know like the spiel at this point but yeah. it's really not the reality it's just yeah contractors cost money a lot of money they're normally offered full-time gigs but if if the games aren't doing well or like they're not needed then that's why you hire contractors yeah. like if if these people were permanent or like if they had the potential of being permanent they would have hired them but it just clearly didn't cut out that way and this is this is unfortunately the result and the the reality of the games industry sometimes. Yeah, it's real sucky that those people that could be, you know, they could be great QA testers and they could really deserve a job. And then you've got people that you think really don't deserve a job and they're still there. Yeah, It's just like, oh, it's just one of those, yeah, the world is not a fair place. And yeah. Saying that, where is Raven Software? Um, uh, it's in America... Something beginning with W. It was on the article. Uh, it's in Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin. Yeah. See. Yeah. So it might uh, it might actually be a little bit difficult. And I think like based on um, what what I've read about it anyway was that they were they weren't just offered like they weren't just laid off like right out. I think they were offered like a relocation to right. move somewhere else. And if you turned it down, then you were laid off, or you could take like the layoff package. So. It, it's not as clean cut and dry as an awful like if there was just no work at Raven Software, they couldn't keep these people on the payroll. That's the point of a contractor. Yeah. So the fact that they even offered them the solid and said, hey, you can move and we'll still hire you That's in a full-time position. If they were it's tough. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like the word promised is being used in the headline, like they're leaning a lot on that. That yeah. what does that I mean, come as far as I'm aware, companies are pretty good at not promising things for that specific reason for when it doesn't happen yeah. um it says that, that workers retaining job uh, promoted would be promoted from 17 pound 17 dollars sorry an hour to 18 dollars 50 an hour alongside mm-hmm. improved benefits and quarterly bonuses so is that also the same as well where i'm guessing you don't you don't get uh if you're a contractor you're not um that's certainly the case where in my company that i work for is not in not video game industry veterinary industry yeah contract workers aren't entitled to bonuses that is my understanding of it and it's the same for every company this isn't just an evil yeah. activision thing like yeah. you if you're not a part of the company like directly then you're not like you don't get all the goodies and all the benefits like yeah. you might still get healthcare from your like whoever's contracting you to activision for example like they probably provide you with like healthcare and things like that but like all of the company bonuses and the, like the perks and the the merch and all that sort of stuff they might not have access to some of that sort of stuff, like certain companies do, but not all of them. I would imagine this was the case for this. Um, the fact that their minimum wage would have gone up um, by a dollar fifty is is a big deal, especially if you're like a young QA tester and you're trying to break into the industry. Like it's <clears throat> yeah, it's it's nothing to be scoffed at here. I know it's, it's like a big it, it might sound like a small. It's life changing for these people in their first job, hundred percent, because it's changing. Yeah, it's going to be changing where they live, what they do. Yeah, they've got. A, 
get a new job and yeah, yeah. that's I've, I've been through that unwanted um, change of job i've been through that several times and it's really yeah. sucky really sucky. i mean if, the, if this story was around um devs that are integrated into the studio and if they were just laid off like it'd be a much sort of serious story because it's like okay these are people that are there full-time and they're hired <laughs> by this company and then they've just been laid off like that's always like terrible news not to downplay this in any way but the fact that it's we're talking about contractors that have been laid off that's literally the reason why you hire contractors is so you can lay them off when they're not needed it's the entire point like the only sucky yeah. part about this really if we're being if, like talking brass tacks here is the fact that they were quote unquote promised mm. um to have which to me like promised is it's a big word i'm not sure like if that would have been the case it probably would have been along the lines of like hey we really would like to keep you guys like once the contract's over yeah sort of thing we're gonna try and, and and get you hired full time like if that was how it said then that's yeah. a different conversation i guess but yeah it sucks but it's just an unfortunate part of the industry the, the last yeah. quote is from one of the the testers um, on the article it says lots of amazing, highly competent testers getting laid off after years of crunch after crunch after crunch. Wrote one mm-hmm. QA test on social media. As I'm furious, at, I'm as furious as I am shattered. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into my Instagram story. Take it away, Chris. So Games Master uh, had uh, the first episode's been out. Uh, so this is the new. Uh, oh, have you watched it? Is it good? No, I've not. I've only seen the the um, Instagram advert, and on this Instagram advert, you've got some kids talking to some devs, and then the kids okay. talk about what games they want to make. They look like they're about four. Or, they look about four or five, <laughs> and um, then it cuts to the the devs working around, and then there's a voiceover saying, "We've given these devs just seventy two hours to make video games for these kids, and then they make two video games for these for these kids and the kids love it the games master host goes these they suck they're terrible games so they've made some crappy games in 72 hours who'd have thunk it um and then it's like you know watch games master on e4 um and i i being a game dev and having my own possibly uh snowflake opinions on games industry i've wanted to make some industry changes and i've I felt strongly about some things that happen in the games industry. I've got some real strong opinions and I'm not to everyone's cup of tea. And I, I get that. I understand that. Right. Uh, so I put a, a tweet on the, um, well, I didn't tweet. I posted a comment on the Instagram story and my comment was maybe we shouldn't be teaching an unhealthy work ethic at such an early age. Yeah. And so what I was saying behind that, because I think some people to get confused is I was saying uh, it's unhealthy to, be doing a game within 72 hours. There's a comment from one of the game devs that say, I haven't had much sleep. So they were doing like a, to the camera, like a, like a game, like a, like a game jam, like a game jam. So it's basically what they've done is a game jam. And they're like to the camera, like a camera diary. One of the devs says, I haven't got much sleep. And that is unhealthy. You know, I can point you to a million articles, million pieces of research, which show the health benefits associated with sleep deprivation. And one 72 game jam might not be, terrible but the fact of the matter is what we're just talking about is that these QA testers are crunching after crunching after crunching and they're saying they're shattered and these are probably young people that might be their first or second job in the industry so these young people are shattered so crunch is part well, of the that was uh, like sorry to cut in now okay. but i think like i'm not sure if uh, shattered 
in that context. Like in America, anyway, shattered doesn't mean the same thing. Oh, okay. So they might mean shattered in terms of like the. Emotion. Oh, I'm. I feel emotion so, of, of shattered. Oh, okay, yeah. so in the but UK, it's, it's besides tired. the point. Like, yeah, but they did mention in the article about crunch. Like, it it sucks that like after all of this time working as QA testers, crunch after crunch after crunch. Yeah, like they feel like shattered, like from it sort of thing. From so, it, they, not yeah, specifically so. tired. Okay, thanks for clearing that right. up. Right, yeah, is, I digress anyway. Cl- clarification. That is a yeah. good clarification. <laughs> Right. Um, so I put that on there and it was more about saying, you know, it was more of a a comment on games industry has game jams and they have game, they have crunch and they have people working long hours and yeah. other industries don't have this. Like, like the other entertainment industries don't have working long hours for no other reason other than bottom line. Like there's no time constraint to a video game. You can make it whenever literally the only limiting factor is like the money money and time and for some reason people in video games seem to think that you need to work long hours like huge industry like huge companies do it like thousands of people are crunching it's it's massive it's a hot topic at the moment and i thought and it's a part of the video game industry that i feel ashamed of and i feel like we're it's childish it's immature it's unprofessional it's damaging and anyone that crunches for a length of period of time you're at risk of all these health conditions it's not it's, it's science it's fact it's not an opinion it's not like oh i don't get affected by it it's like you're you're at higher risk there's no question you're putting yourself at higher risk of these conditions that is a fact whether or not you get these conditions or you don't doesn't matter but if the industry goes along in that fashion then there will be people that work in games that are more unhealthy than people than if they'd gone down a different like if they'd have gone into film or TV like they wouldn't yeah. be as unhealthy. Um, so it was kind of a comment behind that. It was like I I don't like the fact that Channel Four gave these game devs seventy two hours. I don't like the fact that the game devs agreed to work for seventy two hours. I don't like the fact that they're putting in an advert that someone was tired working on this game for seventy two hours. The kids are loving the games, and that's brilliant that's awesome i'm all against i'm all for kids making games kids design games having their dreams come true like whatever they think like people are making come true and making a reality that is amazing what's not amazing is that these kids are being told these grown-ups like potentially stayed up you know and damaged their health to make you happy that is where i have a problem with it and um, so I put that on. Maybe we shouldn't be teaching an unhealthy work ethic at an early age. And um, it's got 23 likes, which I think is probably the most successful social media post I might have ever done in my whole life. Uh, so okay. it certainly struck a chord and it's had 14 replies. Um, so initially people didn't like it. Some people laughed. So they thought it was funny. One person's put incorrect. Uh, another person's put good grief, the imagination. Uh, oh wait, no, these are th- these aren't these aren't replies to my comments. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, <laughs> um, so where's my tweet? Where's Chris that? is replies. currently live on YouTube trying to learn how to use Instagram. Please like and subscribe and follow because <laughs> this will definitely happen again. It's great. <laughs> this is quality content. Um, someone put. Uh, <laughs> Not to mention that this is produced or sponsored by Facebook. Laugh my ass off. Uh, someone's, <laughs> and they're quite correct. Yeah, fair enough. Hold my hands up. Uh, Jake's Instagram. 
said, you must be a right laugh at parties. And yeah, I'm not really good at parties. So yeah, right, you've got my fair. number on that yep. one. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, someone's put, fair enough. I don't think the kids care, though. They probably got a good chunk of change from it, though. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, to sort of dive into the conversation on this, I guess, like yeah. it's that point specifically. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, we don't want to be, like, the whole point of this, the whole point of your comment, I guess, is to say, like, we don't want to integrate this into kids mindset is a normal thing like this shouldn't be normal like we shouldn't normalize this in any context especially on television where kids are watching this yeah um so their impression so, these kids impression of what game designers are is that they just stay up all night making right that's tired. yeah like and, and, and i'm i'm very much guilty of that as well like when i was a kid like the reason why i got into video games was um it was mostly like because i watched the making of halo 2 and I realized, like, oh my god, people do this for a job. Like, this is crazy. Like, Stay I never really order pizza. Like, I knew they were there. Hang out with their mates. That, like, yeah. I knew that people made games, but I had no context. Like, oh, like it's actually a job. Like, you don't really like. It was never solidified in my head until I watched that making of. And there was a load of people there, just like gets towards the end of the documentary and they're adding tension and all that sort of stuff, obviously. And it's just like yeah. they're walking up to the clocks at three a.m. and, and showing the clocks, and there's people like sleeping at their desks. And I was one of those people who was just like, yeah, I want to do that, like sort of thing, because mm. like it looks like they're, they're working fun. hard and they're kicking ass. Look fun. Everyone was like in a community of people. Like yeah. it was everyone was it was back then, like every, it was always like young guys like just hanging out and having fun and all that sort of stuff. Like yeah. that's obviously a negative thing nowadays. Um, but like that <laughs> aspect of it. Right. I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't mean it like that, but I meant like the whole like aspect of it, like where there's no like boys it was club. very much a boys yeah, club back yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. There was game boys and stuff like that. There was no game girl and There's stuff no like game that. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, it, is, it turns out so I'm glad that's changed, but yeah. The developer also put on a comment to me and another person, the person that had the problem with it the most. Yeah. It was a 72 hour game jam. We have done many, many more before. Also, mm -hmm. we didn't get paid for it. It was fun and an honor to bring kids' ideas to life and to be part of Games Master. Sure. So, you know, that's totally legit. Like, yeah, I mean, this and this is the point that I want to sort of bring. It's like there, there's two there's two very big sides to this story, I guess. Like the first the first side, which like you're advocating for, which is like crunch is bad. We shouldn't be advocating for it. Health risks, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. And there's certain studios out there like I'm really proud to work at a company where we don't have crunch. I've never crunched like my whole time. Wow. I've worked at Ubisoft five years, never crunched. Not once. That's that's the deal. Like I've that's never seen anyone crunch. I'm not saying anyone doesn't, but like the fact that I work at the world's largest studio in terms of employee count and we don't crunch is sort of nuts. Yeah. Um, other companies need to take a page out of that book. We shouldn't crunch, you're right. Like in terms of like professionalism and stuff like that, these people are getting paid a salary. They they are entitled to go home. And a law has just been passed actually in Canada called the, the uh, right to disconnect, which basically means at five o'clock, you have the right to just walk out of work and leave sort of thing because yeah. you should like at the end of the day we're talking about professionalism here and there should be no ramifications for you just walking out and saying okay my i am clocked out i'm out peace sort of thing because they deserve to go home and, and have like a work-life balance um there's that side of it and then there's the other side of it which is um not talking about the people i've got families wives and kids stuff like that other responsibilities yeah. like have normal lives but the like, door you look to entry the, the door to entry for that like if you had a load of single mothers in a game dev team, like, and Channel 4 come up to them and said, can you do this? We're, we're looking at doing like a game jam. We want to put it on TV. Mm -hmm. 
those those team of like single mothers that have got responsibilities, they're like, no, we don't do game shams. We can't do 72 hours. We can't work solid. If you, if we do, we'll give you eight hours worth of work and, uh, you know, or two sets of eight hours. Yeah, then I've got to go home. And, and then we've got to go home and I've got, right. got to do all that. And you're going to get not as much as what the, the single guys can do or the ki- or right. the guys that don't have as many commitments or, or are okay with yep. working through the night. So the door to entry is not inclusive inclusive so it's not an inclusive practice to do that because not everyone yep. has that same lifestyle that they can afford to spend a huge chunk of time and nor should they uh, that and that's 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 the other side of it as yeah. well though it's like you've got the normal side where people have got nine to five jobs men or women or whatever you know like professionals like they, they need to go home and have a work-life balance that's mm. the, the whole point of this but then there's the other flip side of this which is the younger people that don't have as many responsibilities that can do the game jams and really enjoy them and really enjoy <clears throat> crunching. They they enjoy being in that grind. They they like the pressure of it. They yeah. like being able to do game jams where they can just churn out ideas. And then they like by the end of the 72 hour game jam, they've got this idea and like, okay, this is actually a really good idea. We can flush this out and be a full game. Mm. They they're excited by that. Like it's 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 a cool thing for them to to enjoy. Yeah. But there's we need to sort of compartmentalize these as much as humanly possible, though, I guess, is like the the professional side. And the the hobbyist side, or the people that are just trying to bring out ideas. If you want to do crunch and stuff like that, yeah. and if you want to like work hard, and if you want to do the seventy-two hour game jams, like yeah, you should be allowed to do it. I guess like that's that's the thing. Yeah, but we shouldn't. It shouldn't be an expectation. I think that's where you've got your problem of having the like th- this shouldn't be expected as a games developer. Like yeah, because. To be blunt, like when you're in studio and you're working like a nine to five, it's a nine to five. Like you finish, you go home. Yeah. You relax. You watch some Netflix, you chill, you play some video games. Exactly. It's not like it used to be. So like as long as we compartmentalize these things out, like I don't think it's too much of an issue. But like when it comes to Games Master and stuff like that, they should be setting the example of, you know, this isn't. This, this isn't, isn't good. how a game this studio isn't should is. be how it is. And this is the thing, even though they did a 72-hour games jam and they they did it for free. They've mm-hmm. got a load of people asking about, I want to play that game. And I think the game is available. And so they've got a huge amount of you know coverage because sure. they're on yep. national television. I can do some more, more comments as well. Um, one of the, the guy that had the major problem with it, he said, uh, wow, imagine letting kids express their imaginations. Who would do such a thing? So he seemed to think <laughs> I had a problem with the fact that kids are expressing their imaginations, which obviously I don't. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone put, I think they misunderstood. And then someone commented, no one misunderstood. <laughs> so... I'm misunderstood as to what was going on there. Someone who's, I think, works in an editor of some sort has put, um, love this thread, lots of people who never made anything new in their life, smashing heads with a game dev who obviously has had to work those stupid hours. So it seems to be, uh, I've touched on a nerve where people don't understand that from what the advert shows, it's all lighthearted and everything's nice and everything's great. And it's an advert designed to make people want to watch the television program, obviously. And the kids are having a great fun. And the devs seem to be having fun as well. And it's controversial that the the host thinks the games are rubbish. So that's intrigue. I get that. And yeah, most people watching it aren't going to get what I saw. And what I saw was game devs doing an unhealthy practice. And Mm. I was thinking, okay, so if if I'm that way inclined and I'm against like crunch, I understand it happens. I understand why. And I understand it's a huge laugh. I've done a games jam. I had a hell of a time. I'll tell you what, sure. though, if I had to drive back, I would have had a crash because I was so shattered. 
um, tired to all the American and Canadian people <laughs> listening. Um, yeah. And my head was swimming and I had like, you know, proper fatigue and my motor skills were compromised, all that bad stuff. It's not good. I, I, I can't recommend it to anyone because I just literally can't bring myself to recommend something which could affect their health. Like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be there. I understand it happens. So I think, okay, is it where money changes hands? It's bad. If it doesn't change hands, it's good. And I was thinking, where where is it good? Where is it acceptable? Where where could I draw the line? And what what I'm thinking now is, it's like no, I, because the bottom line is money. That's the that's the problem. Like the only reason it was seventy two hours, and the only reason game jams happen is because of the bottom line. Is because of money. People could yeah. people do games jams because it's a small amount of time out of their schedule so that they can then make money and do other things organizers it's only a small amount of time so that then they can spend their time trying to make money through other revenues so it's only about money so what needs to happen is that we just need to trickle it down so games uh, big game studios need to be spending money to allow people to to do a games jams that, that that's supported and that is in eight hour interview intervals so it might be over two or three days but you have to but you literally can't work for eight hours like you have to sleep right yeah i mean yeah it's tough because like i know like if you, if you talk to games devs that like work in game jams and they, and they do them avidly like over and over again i think like the main drive of it is is the challenge of it right like the whole okay like we've got to manage our time for these three days and then like they normally work in small teams and they have handoffs and stuff and they like it's it's a lesson in communication and all that sort of stuff and yeah like and if you if you add eight hours for them to just like relax and ponder about an idea then they might get a better idea and then it removes the challenge of actually doing it like they might argue all of that and like which again this i guess this all comes back around to uh choice right like nobody should be ever and i think the important thing the most thing i can emphasize the most is nobody should be forced to do crunch like even inadvertently sort of thing like if you're if you're if your choice is to say okay i want to do a 72 hour game jam i like the challenge of doing a 72 hour game jam it allows me to challenge myself and come up with these ideas like on the fly and be able to implement them and i and i learn how to get faster and all this sort of stuff like if they want to do that they i guess they should be allowed to be able to do it like that who am i to say you should be allowed to do that yeah. It's just about like if I was Games Master, I'd like to see like a, an episode on Games Master where they go to a games development studio and actually show people's like everyday life of how they're not crunching and emphasize it in a certain way to balance this out in some way. Because it's not the because it's it's like you were saying, like a lot of people are outraged about this. Mm. Or all people that have got like comments towards you saying, Yeah, like, this like calling is me snowflake. Practice. Found the snowflake. Maybe you should lighten up. Like nice to right. see children having their imaginations realized seriously yeah but like those people are not developers they're not no. gamers they, they've never made a game in their life and it's this constant issue which i have as well like this relationship which i have with the gaming community of just cluelessness and ignorance yeah. and just like and it's not it's it's not that it's just innocent ignorance and it's not like they just don't know sort of thing it's the confidence of their ignorance yeah like confident ignorance it, it really it grinds me when people are confidently ignorant when they're just like i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but i'm just gonna but i know that it. what it doesn't matter what it is kids should be happy and if that means that grown-ups stay up all night then that's what yeah, should happen themselves over it yeah like, yeah. like that's, which is nuts and again i'd be interested to see how many of these people like have kids because i've 
I've got a kid. And yeah. again, and I was thinking about this prior as well. I was like, I know some parents would probably be on the side of calling me a snowflake and get over yourself. And parents might think, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like I've stayed up loads of times. Like they might be using their own experience to like justify the means to the end. But my kid, like he wasn't a sleeper. It's potluck. You can either get a sleeper or you can get a not sleeper. And it was literally like two years that I had disturbed sleep. And I felt the full effects of like uh, exhaustion and like to the point where I was falling asleep at work and like it affects your motor skills. Like it gets that bad. And um, so I, I've it's been true. through that extreme exhaustion and I've got a kid. So I, I, I want to make my kid happy. My kid has designed one of the levels in my video game. It's not going to be in the final game because it's terrible, but he loved it. His eyes lit up. It was amazing. So I know that joy as well. So I'm coming from a place where like, I'm coming from a place of like, I've done that in the advert. I've done that for my yeah. kid. Di didn't take 72 hours. I didn't like exhaust myself because if I did, I'd be not as able to be as good a father to my kid. So there's lots of reasons yeah. not, not to make yourself tired. Yeah, I think what this ultimately comes down to, and it's a very simple thing, really, if you think about it, but what it comes down to is the fact that it's just people having opinions about video games development when they've got no idea about video games development. Yeah. Um, and well, that the, main, said it the main best. thing... Yeah, people clashing the main, heads. The main thing, yeah, the main thing behind that is the fact that people don't understand how damn hard it is to make a game. Yeah. And that's that's the part that, like, constantly... I'm not just saying that to big myself up because I work in games. I'm not yeah. at all. Like, I wish I wish it was easier. That team, sort of that team did a hell of a job. Like, they've made some games, like, in six sure. hours. They made some working games that work. And that's a hell of yep. an achievement. And they're proper, yeah, proper I, professional. And it's but about it's about that sort of tanked. mindset behind making games and, and like people, because they're fun, because they're lighthearted, they're there to sort of alleviate pressure and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Like they don't realize how hard they are to actually create. Like anyone can start making a game, but to finish a game is like, it's almost impossible. Like it's, it's like you have to pull your own teeth out and climb up a hill backwards sort of thing while you're doing it. It's, it's really hard. And the the average person doesn't realize that and then when they form these opinions about crunching or about the fact that like our developers have got x y and z benefits and like they're you know they're just sat around playing games all day that's all they do right and it's just it's just this general ignorance about the whole thing which is it's kind of nuts to me and it's this separation of you know of the game and the development of it and they like people are quite happy to do that more often than not and i see it all the time with like the the stuff around the developers like I, I had a problem with someone like we're not going to get into it today but i had a problem with a load of people online uh, last week um talking about the video game awards and they were sort of attacking jeff Keeley, the organizer of the video game awards because he wasn't because he allowed god forbid like he allowed awards from uh, activision and ubisoft to be included yes. within the within the game awards and it was sort of like wait a minute like the reason why you're angry at Activision and Ubisoft right now is because they're apparently uh, they're abusing allegedly they're abusing their uh, their workers. And what you want to do, average gamer that has crazy opinions about games development, you want to remove take away their, their ability, yeah, their accolades and their ability to be proud of the work that they've done and be proud. Like you're you're trying to remove like any sort of recognition for the developers, not the publishers, the developers mm. specifically, the yeah. people that have made this game, the people that are on the credits in this game, the people that are attached to these products that you're apparently trying to, you know, you're trying to protect these people apparently. Um, and then 
just the disconnect of that, like the movement and and the developers themselves. Mm. Like it, it's it's it, it's just not there because all they really care about, honestly, at this point, is probably the movement almost, and not really. They don't they don't realize like how interconnected a lot of these things are. And because they just don't know, like it, it's confident ignorance, like they're just bowling through and they're just like, no, I, this is right. This is wrong. Everyone's yeah. black and white and we should do what the white says sort of thing. And it's like, no, this is not the yeah. reality sort of thing. And the same thing happens with crunch. Same thing happens with development. Same thing happens when these abuse allegations come out. And these things are messy. People under. think there's a black and white way to deal with it. And that anything yeah. other is, is wrong. Yeah. And it's but at the end of always messy. At the end of the it's day, shades of grey. It's never clear, clean. At the end of the day, it's just I, w- I would love it. It's never going to happen, but I would love the day to come that gamers, as a community, take a step back and think. You know, maybe we don't know everything about this industry that we love so much. Like we 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 love and we understand the the products that come out of it, and we can try and support the developers as much as they can mm. in the endeavors that they want to achieve or the changes that they want to happen. But like we should stop like dictating exactly what we want, sort of thing. Like the opinions that we formed based off one random Bloomberg article because Jason Schreier felt like it that day. You know, like we shouldn't be doing this. Like, and I hope that realization comes like either slowly or immediately in any whatever way. But like until that happens, like this this conversation is never going to basically end. It's just this weird disconnect between gamers and yeah. the industry itself. Yeah. I, I think it's in this example one one potentially thing that could happen is that we, we there isn't much media there isn't much information there's not much like documentaries about uh crunch there's not enough information about like companies that crunch what effect it has like i think that because yeah, bad pr right it's bad, like PR, you don't it's bad wanna... press yeah so it's kept yeah. under wraps like for me like film and tv people started to have more of an understanding when like dvd commentary came out and like behind the scenes and there's big marketing pushes and they'll talk to the directors and they'll talk to the actors about what it was it like making this thing and we, mm-hmm. we're not quite there yet with video games we think we are and and there are a few really great um documentaries but they're still like polished like you don't talk about struggles in the same way that you might talk to an actor about what struggles well, yeah, they're, they're, they're pr pieces you know like yeah. they're not like they're there for marketing purposes they're, they're not to actually sell. there to yeah. show you they're like there they're to sell another to product or to say, look how great our company is sort of thing. Uh, and I get it, like sort of thing. But it's, yeah, we have got a long way to go in that department. But a lot of it is to just do with like people making assumptions about an industry that they don't quite understand. And like, this is the thing. And uh, the reason why this happens is that gamers uh, get really knowledgeable about certain games when they're coming out, like how they are rated and stuff like that. They can be critics of the game as a product. Like they get really like into the products and they, they know them and yeah. they've got really great knowledge of them. And they think by extension, they therefore know about the development of them, mm. which it's it's actually not the case. Like you can be a movie buff. It doesn't mean you know how to produce a movie. You know, like that's, this is, and that's happened with film. Like we, like people understand, like it takes talent and it takes time and it's a lot of hard work to create a film, but like we're not quite there with games yet. And it's it's very strange to me. It's very bizarre because it's it's a very, I don't know, it's a very vocal industry and a lot of people are talking at the same time and, and everyone's got all these opinions and stuff, but nobody really knows, like, outside of the industry, like, what the hell they're talking about a lot of the time. So, yeah, yeah, who knows, man? That's it. It's a lot of ignorance. And, um, yeah, there's a long way to go before people understand the, the struggles. And, like, I'm still learning myself, like, doing my first indie sure. game yeah. all the way through. I'm still learning about the struggles, like, 
they are they're numerous it's like it's not just one thing there's so many different yeah. factors um so that might be why yeah, it's complicated I, it's not easy to explain could be a reason it's why. very it's very it's very hard to explain and this is the, like the only way i can ever explain it it's like because people are quite aware of how films are made because of like special features on dvds and stuff like this and all this sort of cool stuff and they sort of get they grasp like the idea of a cameraman they grasp the idea of a prop maker they grasp mm. the idea of an actor and a script writer and all this sort of stuff um the only way you can ever explain it is to try and do it in the same way of saying okay imagine the environment like the prop like when you go to shoot a film and you do a recce to go and find like a location imagine you have to design that location and paint it and make it from scratch in every 3d single time yeah in 3d over and over and over again that's video games. That's how hard it is. Yeah. And it's not just the environment. Like, hey, if you want your actor to move from there to there, you have to animate that. You have to make a character. You have to rig it. You have to texture it. Yeah. And you start explaining all these systems, and it's like, holy crap, yeah, this is like infinitely more difficult than shooting a movie. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, now you know why video games are $60 a piece, and now you know why they take three years to make. Yeah. And it's, and it's just trying to implement that sort of mindset onto gamers. It's, it's really difficult, especially when they're already set in their opinions of, mm. you know, this is this is this is me now. Like, all abuse is bad. Game Awards bad. Jeff Keighley should not allow that. And, and they've got all the like. It's just this weird checklist that they've developed, and it's, like, and the games media isn't really doing anything. They're, they're fueling the fire. They lean into it. Yeah, they lean into it. Because it, it makes more clicks and they mm. get more money because they're a, a dying a dying brand and they need to survive, which I get. But it's just this is not the way to go out. Go out with dignity. Christ, all the, you all know? the people that tell them the truth are doing like podcasts where they've got like sub yeah, two hundred seventy-seven uh, followers. We've got one hundred seventy-seven. <laughs> oh my god, that's more way more than I thought. But yeah, still yeah. sub two hundred. But still appreciate all of you and uh, tell a friend who who might like to you Indeed. know listen. Um, <laughs> and like yeah, and probably, that's probably a good place to end it, I guess. I think so. Yeah, we, we, you've got a tight deadline, haven't you? You've got someone coming to view the flat, I think. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah we, we so, should wrap it up. So, yeah, rant over. Up. And <laughs> yeah, we apologize. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Stop being ignorant, please educate yourself. No, we don't mind ignorance. It's like I, I want to sort of end on this. Like, I don't mind people being ignorant, I don't mind people asking questions. Yeah, I don't mind. When someone has no idea about a game, like, is this really how it happens and stuff? And it's like, no, it's not like that. It's X, Y, and Z. I don't mind that. It's the confidence of the ignorance of this, like, no, this this must be how it is. Therefore, it is truth and gospel. And I will argue even with developers that are in these situations yes. and tell them how they are being treated. And, and I will tell them what they need to do. And I will tell them. And it's just like that aspect of it. It's like, I've yeah. had so many conversations with gamers, like as someone that works at Ubisoft, like that's not how it is. And it's like, yeah, it is. Look, here's an article. It's like, I, I know yeah, I work here. I, I I'm, work just, I'm trying to explain yeah. to you, like as a first hand yeah. piece of knowledge, like this, I've not seen this happen. I've like, not no, seen it this, is true. Look, and no one I know has seen this. It's just yeah. and yeah, and yeah. like and and gamers have like gotten angry at me because I've not sort of gone along with what Jason Trier has said, or I haven't gone along with what Kotaku has said. I haven't gone along with because like God forbid I've got my own experience in that situation, mm. and because I don't fit the narrative, I'm just I'm one of the enemy. You're a part of the problem now, mm. and it's like I okay, I guess like that's weird, but cool. Yes, yeah. and you're just trying to serve them like with your career. Right. Like that's I'm, try what you're trying I'm trying, to, trying to give them information. Yeah, yeah. And like, and then at the end of the day, the thing that annoys me about all of this and what I'll end on and what we've spoken about a million times is that regardless of all of this 
conversation, regardless of all this ignorance and all this shouting and fighting, they still buy the games. So nothing changes. So yeah, the bottom line doesn't change. Vote with your wallets and stop attacking developers, please. Like we're 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 trying to help you. That's it. That's all. Yeah, we're don't to have say. a go anyway, at me dev. Yeah, don't have yeah, a go at I'm me. I'm a dev. We should put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. I'm just a developer. So that's a good one. That's we should make one. that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. If you did all the way through this crazy rant that we've been doing yeah. for the last hour and a half. Congratulations. Um, yeah, much. You do, you actually do deserve a free T-shirt that says says what we just said. I can't remember what we said. Don't blame I'll me. I'm just a that. dev. Don't blame me. I'm just a developer. There we go. Uh, you deserve that T-shirt because you've uh, you've pushed through when you plowed through. But if you did and you did did not like and subscribe, then you probably should. Please yeah. do that because it do helps yourself a favor because then you can see more of our content. Right, exactly. And we'll just be ranting more about gamers that are probably listening to this podcast. So it's kind of oxymoronic, isn't it? Like it's yeah. Tell us good if, you thing think, that we just... if you think we're wrong, let us know in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> and tell us in detail with your ignorance, please. No, like <laughs> please. I'm just saying, be open minded. That's all I'm trying to say. But yeah. please, yeah, like and subscribe. Um, share with a friend if you did enjoy the uh, episode, and hit the bell icon to be notified when we do put up a new episode. If you ever do want to listen to us again after, after all that for half an hour, <laughs> right? We apologize, but I don't really. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to keep doing it. That's just that is the deal. Like you're talking to two developers, and if you're a gamer and you're one of those people, you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time. Anyway, Chris, where can people find you, man? If they do want to, if find you, you do want to hell abuse at me, like like this um, Instagram feed, then you can go on Twitter, which is at Acrylic Pixel. I think I'm at Acrylic underscore Pixel on Instagram. If you want to hell abuse at me there um but i've also got my own youtube channel which i haven't posted on for some time but it's got some of my game dev stuff which is uh, acrylic pixel as well um where can we find your art and your social media stuff in cool so on the art side i'm a concept artist by day and all my stuff gets posted on to art station so you can find me on there at vin hill art um, if you want to follow me and my indie development stuff, though, then you can follow me on Twitter at Hillfort Games. Um, I've just started making stuff look pretty, so I'm getting a lot more likes and stuff recently. It's kind of weird. Like I posted someone on Instagram for the first time in ages, oh, and I got flooded. You're in like, indie game. Yeah, I was like, I just put grass in the scene. Why is everyone freaking out about this? People love grass. Like, right. It's it's because it's starting to look like a game now. It's not yeah. just like. I coded something and nobody cares sort of thing. It's mm. now like, look at this pretty grass and people like, 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 like that's, <laughs> like that's the, the world that we live in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of which, um, coming on Tuesday or Wednesday, Tuesday, I think we've yeah. got a, we've got another solo dev round table with uh, Sam Webster coming up. Um, so we're going to be talking about our individual projects, like progress that we've made over the past month since our last indie dev um, solo round table thing, which yes. you can find on this channel. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about like how, how we're doing, like any problems that we're hitting, what we plan to do uh, going into the new year and things like that. So lots of exciting stuff coming. So you can you can uh, follow us on our social media platforms to find out about that when that actually hits. Yeah, should be on Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Yeah, we're going to be doing that Seven. live as well. So it'll be on there. <clears throat> it'll be on the channel at some point. But yeah, other than that, we appreciate you hanging around for our crazy rants, and um, hopefully not one of the ignorant ones we appreciate you either way and if you did like this episode then please like subscribe and all that sort of good stuff but until next time thank you very much bye-bye bye-bye